morning and welcome to Noah's Window. As I've shared with you the last two days, Mary Alice and I are filming this down in South Texas in Hoover's Valley Cemetery, which is my, my family's cemetery. This area was settled by one of my great, 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 great uncles who was a Methodist preacher back in the mid 1800s. And he began this community to start a church, to have a school and to build a community. But what I know this community has for mostly is uh, it's my family cemetery. And I've been out here so many times for the funerals of family members. And so we're counting down the top seven reasons why you don't have to be afraid of dying. And one more time, don't forget, this isn't about dying, it's about living. Because the Bible tells us Jesus defeated death so that we wouldn't have to be afraid of dying. So hopefully you and I will live until Jesus comes. But the important thing is to live without the fear of dying so that we can live all out and not live our lives in anxiety. So we've been counting down the top seven reasons why you don't have to worry about dying. Number seven, you're not your body. Number six, the real you never dies. And now number five, you will still be you. You know, that's a question I've been asked so many times. Uh, will we know our loved ones in heaven? Will we still be the same when we're in heaven? I remember uh, a, a song written by Eric Clapton at the death of his little boy. And he, he said, if I saw you in heaven, would it be the same? What, would you know me or would I know you if I saw you in heaven? Well, thankfully for us, the Bible gives us that answer. You know, Jesus reminded the audience of his day that God introduced himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as Jesus said, he's the God of the living and not of the dead. So evidently, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were still Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see a real clear picture of this at the Transfiguration, where Jesus was glorified in front of his disciples, and alongside of him were Elijah and Moses. Well, Elijah, he lived somewhere back around the 8th century BC. Moses, way further back than that. And yet after all those hundreds of years, Elijah was still Elijah and Moses was still Moses. Now, as, I am, as I'm in this section of the cemetery, I'm, I'm surrounded by the graves of many of, many of my family members, um, cousins, uncles, aunts, great uh, grandparents, are buried in this section but i think about how much i want to see them again and there's one person that i really can't wait to see and and that's the uh, that's my grandmother uh many of you have heard me tell stories about her about her life the way she impacted so many others um i can't wait to see her because um, she had an enormous effect on my family a few minutes ago Mary Alice and I were talking with uh, some of the leaders of this cemetery, some of the ones who are archivists. And there's one lady who's uh, been a good friend for many years. And I remember back when my dad was getting close to passing, she didn't know that I knew the history of this place. She just knew that I was pastor of a church in Kansas. And so she was explaining to me how that my ancestor was Isaac Hoover and how that he also was a preacher. And I, I said to her at the time, in fact, I just repeated a few minutes ago, I don't come from the preacher side of the family. I come from the hellraiser side of the family. And that's really true. I mean, the, 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 the pastors who settled here were uncles of mine, but my great, great grandfather was a mess. In fact, uh, his stone is right behind me. It, it, it is, if you read a stone, it would say William Hoover, but his nickname was Wild Bill because he was known for his anger. He was known for his explosive temper. He was also a drunkard and a gambler. And uh, he had screwed up his life in Tennessee. And my great, great, great uncle took him in and took care of him and, and got him restarted. And that's how my family wound up coming from this area. But for several generations, at least a couple of generations, um, 
my side of the family were not believers. In fact, they were known for their hot temper. They were known for their alcoholism and their craziness. Um, the lady whose marker you see right here was a game changer. She changed the trajectory of my family. Uh, my dad is the oldest of nine, and um, my grandfather was not a believer for the early years of those kids growing up. And grandma made sure that the kids got to church and that they learned about God. And, and wow, I mean, you talk about her influence. I mean, all nine of her kids are believers. Several of them, as we'll talk about, are in ministry, including my dad. Uh, and so much of that time as she reared those kids, my, my grandfather was not a believer. Now, I never knew that person. He was uh, he was saved in middle life. And by the time I came along, he was a committed Christ follower. But I think about my, my grandmother. And, you know, I was uh, I think I shared this some time back. I was in a service over in Burnett, which is about 10, 15 miles from here. And the minister kind of got off on something kind of boring. And so I, I took out my notepad and I started thinking about how many of my grandmother's descendants were in ministry. And by the time I quit counting, I counted 38 of us who are in ministry. So I promise you, this lady's a game changer. By the way, if I'm talking to any mom out there and you're, you're, on, you're by yourself and, and the guy in your life doesn't support you, uh, maybe you're a single mom, maybe you're raising kids, or it could be you're a single dad raising kids. Uh, don't get discouraged because one person can change a whole lot of trajectory of a family. But uh, when my when my grandmother passed, and that's kind of interesting because if you can see the date on this, I don't know if you can or not, it was in 1981. We had just found out we were going to have Jonathan. I was 25 years old, or almost 25 years old. And uh, when, I, when I got down here for her service, I was informed by my dad and my uncles that I would preach her funeral, which I was kind of surprised at because my dad and two of his brothers are also pastors. Um, so I was, I was kind of surprised that I was going to be the one to preach my grandmother's funeral. I did the best I could, but I'll never forget uh, the day we had her service. Mary Allison, I passed the little church a little while ago where we had her church service, her funeral service. It was interesting because the entire choir loft was filled with pastors who had come from all over the state of Texas. I've seen that for a pastor, but I've never seen that for a layperson. But I remember preaching that day, and I remember preaching, my grandmother is not dead. She is more alive than she's ever been. She's more beautiful than she's ever been. And you know what? After all these years later, I still think those words are so true. It is good to know. It is so good to know these wonderful truths from God's word. As we saw with number seven, you are not your body. Number six, the real you never dies. And in heaven, the real you is still going to be the real you. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to seeing some angel floating around twanging on a harp. I'm looking forward to seeing my grandmother again. I, I can't wait to be in her presence. And you know, that's true for all of us who love God and who love Christ followers who have died physically. They are still who they are. They're more beautiful than ever before and they're in the presence of God. Let's pray for just a moment. Our God in heaven, Lord, you know, so many of us, we think about the bereavement that we feel and the separation with our loved ones. But help us to know, Lord, that they are safe with you and they are still who they are with their beautiful personalities. And Father, they are who they are without their strengths and without their weaknesses and with all their strengths. And we give you praise and glory for this in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Noah's Window. We'll be back tomorrow with number four of the top seven reasons you don't have to be afraid of dying.